Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Habits. In this series, we are focusing on habits that we can implement into our routine that bring focus and health into our spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Well, welcome to Valley Brook Community Church. We're glad you're here. I'm going to invite Harrison Daniels to come up. He's going to help me a little bit this morning with uh, my message. I'm going to interview him in a sort of a testimonial about uh, something that God's been doing in his life. We're on the habit today of discipleship. So uh, Harrison, uh, welcome. Thank you. And we're glad to have you here. You know, Jesus told us to make disciples of all people, and we're going to talk about what that looks like. So, you know, Harrison, I know you've been involved in the disciple-making process. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, um, so I got to say it starts, started with people pouring into my life um, yeah. ever since I was in youth group, um, you know, having great peers in college and now great mentors here at Valleybrook. Um, but uh, recently I felt called uh, to invest in other people myself. And yeah. so um, practically what that looks like right now is uh, I'm taking three guys through a study. Uh, we're using this book by Greg Ogden called Discipleship Essentials. It's been really great. And uh, so we meet uh, every couple of weeks or so for a few hours, and we talk about a topic like, like a habit or a spiritual discipline, um, some aspect of theology, um, and just becoming more like Jesus and yeah. serving him. Yeah, that's cool. So how has this discipleship process helped you grow in your faith? Uh, well, I love how uh, Greg Ogden defines discipleship in his book. I'll just read it real quick. Um, An intentional relationship in which we walk alongside other disciples in order to equip, encourage, and challenge one another in love to grow towards maturity in Christ. So literally the, the definition yeah. of discipleship is growing in faith, and, and that, you know, those things have certainly been evident in my life going through the process. And additionally, as you know, being in the role of the discipler, you know, there's also an accountability that comes with that. You, know, yeah. you, have, to, you have to know the word and believe it yourself um, and, and live it out in order for people to, to see you as an example yeah. in that way. That's cool. So uh, tell us the, about the challenge that, that we have, that, that the church has, to multiply disciples for Jesus. Um, so I think Jesus says it most clearly at yeah. the end of uh, Matthew chapter 28. Yeah. Uh, Notice the Great Commission. Uh, and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you uh, always until the very end of the age. Um, so we have this clear command from yeah. Jesus, but I, I see a couple of barriers in my own life mm-hmm. um, and in the church as a whole um, that I think prevents us from engaging in that. And um, first is that is are prone to be self-centered, right? Yeah. And so uh, even in a good way, like we're focused on our personal relationship with, with God, yeah. um, a lot of times we can get so focused on what that looks like for us that we forget that we're also called to invest in other people's relationship with Jesus as well. Um, And, you know, that takes time and energy. Um, That takes relationship, which can be messy. So, you know, there's a a lot to it, but, um, you know, this is, we're commanded to do it. And this is part of our relationship with with God to be in relationship with others in this way. Um, The second barrier, I think, comes up when we we think that we're not good enough or we're yeah. ill-equipped yeah. to be uh, a discipler. And um, 
I, I love how Jesus bookends the command by saying, all the authority belongs to me and I will be with you. So it really just takes all the pressure off yeah. To, yeah. to know that, hey, I'm called to do this, but Jesus is going to be with me yeah. along the way and he's in control and um, you know, he's, he's really running this discipleship process yeah. through me. That, that's cool. So you've got a captive audience here. Uh, what would you uh, tell them about growing in maturity and obedience? Yeah, so um, I love in our habit study this week, actually during a group session, we'll, this, this model will come up, but the idea of ha- uh, finding a Barnabas, a Paul, and a Timothy in our lives. Um, and so what that looks like is a Paul is a mentor, so someone who's pouring into you. A Barnabas is like a peer relationship. You're walking together in accountability. And Timothy is someone that you would be discipling. And I think it's a helpful framework because we can think of the relationships we do have and maybe don't have and start to pray for God to kind of bring the right people into our lives so that we can, um, you know, engage in these relationships that he's called us and set an example for us to have. Um, And additionally, you know, as a young adult leader, I want to specifically say, like, our young adults today, we're getting a lot of influence and input from our worldly culture, social media, our peers, and there's such a need for spiritual mentors in the life of the younger generations, um, even with here within our church. Um, so I would challenge everyone to, you know, prayerfully consider, like, is there a young person um, that God could bring into your life that you can engage in, a, in this kind of discipling relationship with, um, whether that's being a collide leader or um, some kind of face-to-face um, uh, relationship that you have? Uh, I think that would be huge uh, in the life of our church. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's a good challenge for us all. Um, so I want to pray for you and your discipleship relationships, but I want to pray for all of us in, in our discipleship. So if we would, just bow our heads. Father, we thank you for Harrison. We, Lord, we thank you for his willingness to share about his own discipleship process and how he's been in, uh, a receiver of discipleship and now how he's helping disciple others. So we, Lord, we ask that you bless those relationships and that you would multiply disciples, not just through him, but through all of us. We pray that you would uh, advance your kingdom through your followers, and that we would be obedient to hear that word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much for coming up and sharing with us. Thank you. So you know where we're going. We're in this series called Habits. Today we're looking at the habit of discipleship. And as we do, um, I I want to uh, draw your attention to something that you were handed when you came in. Is everybody given a rubber band? All right. If you didn't get a rubber band, you can raise your hand, and I'm certain that the ushers will bring it. Look, they were, they were efficient. They got one to everybody. Oh, you didn't get one. I think there's one right beside you. Uh, here we go. So, um, rubber bands. You know what? Rubber bands are uh, stretchy. Go ahead and stretch them. Don't shoot them at me, though, okay? Um, uh, you know, they uh, left on their own. They're just sort of static, but but when they do what they were created to do, they're, they're dynamic and they can stretch and, and hold a lot of things. And I, I heard somebody say that God created us to be a lot like a rubber band, not, to, not just to you know, be static and just sit there, but actually to be dynamic. And to, and to stretch and, and to grow. And the reason I wanted to point that out this morning is because I believe this message is going to cause you to be stretched. It's going to cause you to be dynamic and, and not just be static. Um, and it's going to challenge us. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it will. If, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to get an inside look at what about really what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So, um, 
you know, uh, put it on your wrist and hang on to it, uh, um, and, and I'll, I'll remind you of it there, you know, uh, as we go through this message. So, you know, today we're going to be talking about discipleship, and, and I believe that's going to stretch us all, because I believe as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, we know about discipleship, but I don't think we do discipleship well as the body of Christ. So uh, I'm not pointing fingers uh, just at you. I'm pointing fingers at myself too as followers of Jesus Christ because the reality is this, is that that is the call of being a follower of Jesus Christ to not only be a disciple, but also to make disciples. And, and you know, we're going to look at, at a process today of discipleship, and I'm just going to say on the front side of it, discipleship uh, is going to sound like it involves two different things, but they're actually all part of the discipleship process. Some people say, well, there's evangelism and there's discipleship. No, there actually isn't. They're not two separate things. They're all part of discipleship, evangelism and disciple making. You can't make a disciple without having somebody experience evangelism and come to faith in Christ. So, we're going to look at this, and we're going to start with the very words of Jesus, the words that actually Harrison was, um, that he read for us today. So it's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read it again. This is what we read from Matthew 28, before Jesus ascends into heaven. It says, Jesus came to them, this is his disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So let's follow the progression that Jesus lays out. He says, go to them, make them disciples, baptize them, teach them everything I've commanded. We're going to walk through those four points because those are the essential parts of disciple-making, of what it means to be engaged in discipleship, what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus. So let's talk about the first thing, go. Uh, therefore, go, Jesus says. Now, going is really the initial part of, of the discipleship process, and it's where we go to someone to share Christ with them. It's where we go to do evangelism. Here we go. We're, we're going to stretch again because a lot of Christians don't like that word evangelism because they think it's going to require something of them. Well, here's the deal. Evangelism doesn't require anything of you, but Jesus does. And he doesn't want you just to be a rubber band that sits on the table. He actually wants you to not just be static, but to be dynamic. And yeah, it's going to stretch us all a little bit. So, you know, at the heart of the word evangelism, it comes from a Greek word. And the Greek word is euangelon. Uh, uh, and I'm not great at my Greek pronunciation there, but but euangelion is, euangelion is made up of two words, the you is the word, uh, the Greek word go, and angelion is the word message or news. Um, it's also the root word for angels, and so the angels were messengers uh, of Jesus. So euangelion, uh, or we've transliterated into English as evangelism, means good news. It means sharing the good news. It means taking the good news of Jesus Christ 
to other people. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, disciple making begins with us sharing good news, the good news that we personally experienced with uh, from Jesus that somebody shared in our lives. So I, I think about that. I, I think about somewhere in your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, somebody shared the good news of Jesus and it touched your heart, it changed your heart, and you decided to become a follower of Jesus. All right? Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a friend or a peer. Or, or maybe it was a, a, another adult somewhere in your life that, that shared that good news with you. And you decided to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's the reality. I believe that every single one of us has a sphere of influence. What do I mean by that? I mean, we have a circle of influence that sort of encapsulates our life. And inside that circle of influence are, are the people uh, that we have relationships with and the people that we have acquaintances with. People that we see regularly, we, they know who we are, maybe not by name, but by facial recognition and we, us, them, or we may uh, know them by name, or we may know a lot of things about them. They're in our circle of influence. Those, I believe, are the first people that we as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to take the good news to, to share with others uh, the exciting good news that we found in Jesus Christ, that, um, that he died to pay for our sins, so our sins no longer separate us from God. And if we believe in him and accept him as our Lord, our leader, and, and believe that God raised him from the dead and follow him, we receive the promise of eternal life. And we receive, the, receive his spirit to, to live in us. That good news needs to be shared. With, in that circle of influence that you have, whether it's uh, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your school, at your place of business, maybe at, at the, uh, the, the club that you go and work out, where you go shopping, or you know, the people you do hobbies with, whatever it is, those are people in your circle of influence that you can share the good news of Jesus Christ that was shared with you. Now, uh, when I teach in growth track about this, this is what I, what I say to people. Listen, we all have to accept the responsibility that we have received the good news, and as Jesus' followers, we're called to also share the good news. And so this is what I teach people to do. You have a story of how you discovered the good news of Jesus Christ and how it changed your life. So write that story out. What your life was like before you believed in Jesus, how you came to believe in Jesus, and how believing in Jesus has changed the trajectory of your life. Write it down and learn it so that we can be like the Apostle Peter says, that we're prepared at any time to share the hope with other people that we have in Jesus. We're, we're called to do that. that. That's part of the discipleship process. And so, you know, when, when you do that, share with people, you know, that Jesus came and, and uh, died for their sins and that he came to give us eternal life. And if we believe in him, he'll give us that. And we have that promise. And you can ask them if they would like to uh, believe in Jesus. And if they say yes, you can, you know, you can invite them to, to pray a prayer that just professes their faith in Jesus and that they want to follow him. And if they say no, you say, that's okay. But if you're ever interested, you know, I'll tell you again. I, I know I'm stretching you, okay? You know, I'm stretching you with this. But we're all called to do this as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, it doesn't say pastors do this. It says disciples do this. 
But all of us as followers of Jesus do this. So we're called to go and share that good news with others. But that's not where it ends. Jesus said in, in this great commission that we are to make them disciples. Make disciples. Now remember, the discipleship process uh, begins with evangelism where a person is presented with the gospel, the good news about Jesus, but once they decide to believe in Jesus, we move to the disciple-making part of discipleship. So what do we tell people who want to become disciples? What does that mean? Well, let me go back to that simple definition that Harrison shared when uh, he shared his story this morning. Uh, it's written by uh, Greg Ogden, but, but I think it's powerful, and, and I'm going to add a sentence that, that Harrison left out. So Greg Ogden said this. He said, disciple-making is an intentional relationship in which we walk alongside other disciples in order to encourage, equip, and challenge one another in love to grow toward maturity in Christ. And then here's the next sentence. This includes equipping the disciple to teach others as well. You see, disciple making is supposed to be an ongoing multiplying process where somebody becomes a disciple and they become disciple makers and then they become disciple makers and, and on through so that we can fulfill the great commission that we've been called to fulfill. You, you see... Evangelism is sort of like, the, the, is it like giving birth, okay? You, you know, a new follower of Jesus comes into the world. Uh, the disciple-making part is like teaching a child, uh, helping them grow up and mature. Now, this peace can be hard, and, and it can be challenging. Why? But because it's hard to quantify what it looks like in growing to be a disciple maker. And let me give you a very current and relevant example. Uh, some of you have seen that Kanye West has been in the news recently. He's been in the news because he's, he's uh, said he's made a commitment to being a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, it's a little clouded because he just released a brand new uh, gospel album, and so there's a uh, there's profit to be made off of that. Um, but uh, look, I don't want to seem cynical or judgmental, so let's just take it at face value. He says he's a follower of Jesus Christ. He's also started something he calls Sunday services, and I've, I've actually uh, read about it and checked it out. And, and so here's the deal. You know, discipleship is a process. We don't arrive at maturity the day that we except Jesus Christ. And, and so as I was reading about uh, what was going on, I, I was really impacted by what Pastor uh, uh, Brian Loritz wrote uh, about this because he said, you know, Kanye is a paragon, these are his own words, of sin and lawlessness, okay? Because that's the kind of reputation that, that he's had. He said, and then he goes on, he says, but if indeed Kanye is a Christian, then he's been justified by faith, by becoming a disciple of Jesus. And he said, he writes, you know, justification is a one-time act where God declares us righteous. So whenever any of us came to faith in Jesus Christ, we became justified by the good work that Jesus did on the cross. All right? It's not based on anything we do. It's not based on our righteousness because our righteousness, the Bible says, is filthy rags compared to the righteousness of Jesus. So we're declared righteous when we come to faith. So that says something about all of us, including Kanye, when, when he came to faith. But then he goes on to point out this, okay? Um, 
Justification is a one-time event, but then there comes this process called sanctification. And sanctification is a process where God is making us to be what he's already declared us to be. So in the journey of sanctification, we are becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. This is uh, disciple-making. This is growing in faith and growing in maturity. And as, uh, as Pastor Loritz writes, he goes, there will be some defeats and some victories, but thanks to the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, we will grow and mature. So there's this idea that we're justified when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, and that's what's happened to Kanye. And now there's the process of sanctification for him and anybody else that's a follower of Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. None of us ever arrives at a state of perfection, all right? Because the Bible says we're sinners. We're going to make mistakes. And so we're constantly working out our, our sanctification, whereas the Bible says we're working out our faith in fear and trembling uh, because we recognize that it, it's important. So the process of becoming a disciple is the same for everyone who believes in Jesus, including you and me and Kanye West. So uh, right now he's young in his faith, and now he must learn and grow. And this is, a process, this is the process of disciple making. And Jesus tells us what to do in his word. So we need to follow his word and, and really seek to lean in to this sanctification, this disciple-making process. And so let's look at the next thing that, that Jesus tells us to do in the process of becoming a disciple. What's the next thing he says? He says, baptize. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So here you go. A person who believes in and follows Jesus is a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus makes it clear that his disciples are to be baptized as a sign of commitment to following him. Uh, you know, listen, baptism doesn't save us, okay? There's no act that saves us. Jesus has saved us through his work on the cross, and we receive the gift of salvation if we trust in him, if we believe in him and what he's done for us. So baptism doesn't save us, but it signifies it's our uh, our signal to the world that we're a follower of Jesus Christ. It's our public announcement that we've aligned our life with him, and so we desire to follow him, all right? While it's not a requirement, it's a command, and it illustrates our obedience to Jesus and his word, all right? Now, I'm going to tell you something that may stretch you, okay? Okay? All right? If you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been baptized, you're disobeying Jesus' commands. You're not disobeying my commands. You're not disobeying any other Christian leader's commands. You're not disobeying the church's commands. You're disobeying the command of Jesus. So let's be clear about what baptism is. You, you know, the the word baptizo, the Greek word that we translate as baptism, we've, we transliterate it there, specifically means to immerse, all right? So uh, baptism is the process of immersing somebody underwater 
as Jesus has called us to do, to signify to the world that this person is a follower of Jesus Christ. And it fits in line with what Jesus talks about in the book of Romans and in the book of Colossians. He, he basically takes this word picture idea, Paul does, and he says, listen, he said, in the baptism, you were buried under the water like Christ was buried after he died. And then you were raised back to life like Jesus was raised back to life from the tomb. It's, it's this, uh, you, you can't get away from that word picture imagery, all right? Now, some of you may be like me. You know, my, my mom and dad baptized me as, as an infant. Um, uh, I, you know, um, it was a powerful act of faith on, on their part, a beautiful thing that they did. Unfortunately, there's no photographic evidence. I'm the second born. You know, the second born doesn't get any pictures, Okay. <laughs> Uh, much less the third or the fourth born. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, um, but what mom and dad did for me was beautiful. They were following the teaching of their church. And so I will, I will, never, uh, I will never have any conflict for what, with what they did. But, but here's the deal. Read the scriptures. You know, when, uh, later in my life when I became a pastor, I began to study what the scriptures said about baptism. And, and every baptism in scripture, somebody made a conscious choice to believe in Jesus and then to be aligned with him by being baptized. And every single one of those baptisms was by immersion. So, look, I, I want to challenge you. If you've not been baptized, be obedient to what Jesus said. Um, you know, take out that welcome card, say, hey, I'd like to talk about baptism. Give me your contact information. We'll get together. We'll talk about it. All right. Um, and here's, uh, we, we can have a baptism anyway. By the way, we've closed the brook for the season. Uh, we're indoors, uh, so uh, the water's warmer. And um, so you look, look, let us know, because we would like to help you take that step of obedience, because Jesus said, go, make, baptize. And then he said, teach. So let's talk about that. He said, teach them to obey everything he commanded. All right? That's why we are unapologetic about teaching the Bible week in and week out in everything that we do at Valley Brook because that's how we make disciples. We take God's word, we study it, we teach it, we seek to help one another follow it, and we make disciples by intentionally teaching people what it means to follow Jesus, and we spend time encouraging them, uh, equipping them to follow Jesus' command, and even challenging them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Now, the key tool is Scripture. It's the Bible. Studying the Bible is where we learn what Jesus taught and what it means to follow him. And I, I appreciate what Pastor Leith Anderson has written. He said, a disciple is not someone who does all that Christ commands because it may take a lifetime to learn all the things that Jesus has commanded, but a disciple is someone who has made the commitment to follow him and says, whatever Jesus says, I promise in advance, I will do it. As followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples, that's what we're saying. We're going to do our best to be obedient to him, and if we make a mistake, we're going to confess it, and we're going to seek to do it better. You see, the purpose of teaching people to obey everything that Jesus commanded is, is not for the new Christian to accumulate Bible knowledge. The purpose of teaching us all 
what Jesus commanded is to help us to become a disciple and then become a disciple maker. You know, this series, Habits, honestly, the whole thing is about discipleship, not just this one day that we're talking about the habit of discipleship. Because what we're trying to do is take God's word and help us all understand what God's word teaches us, and we're seeking to help each other follow it. That's why we stress and encourage and, and invite you to join life group and, and lift it up all the time because life groups are where we walk with one another and we grow in our discipleship and where we make disciples. It's one of our primary pathways as a church of making disciples. Uh, another primary pathway is through our growth track and we encourage you to take growth track. Uh, we offer it every Sunday. And so we want to encourage you to read more about it in the bulletin. And then there's a third way that we do discipleship, and it's what Harrison talked about. It's, it's about getting in a small group with one or two or three other people and actually walking through a specific curriculum. Actually, we're, we're doing life together like a life group, but in a, a much smaller context where there can even be more relationship accountability. Why am I sharing all this? Because we have a call as, as followers of Jesus Christ to be disciples and to make disciples. Let me go back to that rubber band, okay? Um, when we're not making disciples, we're just like that static rubber band, all right? But when we are making disciples, it's going to stretch us and it's going to stretch the person that we're making disciples with. It's going to, to help us lean into and be a fully devoted disciple, one who's really seeking after God. And you know what? You don't have to be a pastor to do this. You don't have to, to be in full-time ministry to do that. He calls us all to do that, whether, you know, whether we're a computer programmer or a teacher in an elementary school or in the medical field or uh, you know, a plumber or an electrician or, or whatever we do. We all are called to be disciples and to make disciples. And that's the amazing thing. That's God's plan for furthering the spread of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants to use every single one of us to be disciples. And, and here's the good news. As, as Harrison pointed out, you, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to, to be perfect in Bible knowledge and to know the Bible forwards and backwards. Honestly, it's going to be a mutual learning process. When I've gone through one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two discipleship relationships with people, I learn as the discipler uh, things that maybe I've forgotten or that I missed before. So it's, there's always a process of learning, always a process of growing. We never arrive, we never reach perfection as followers of Jesus Christ. We're constantly seeking to grow and to help others grow. So look, this is the challenge. You, you know, uh, in this series, uh, we've been giving you a sticky note challenge, and that sticky note challenge every week has challenged you to do something in this habit. And so this week's challenge is to, to find one person to share Christ with. Uh, that's evangelism, the evangelism part of discipleship. And then the, the second challenge is to find someone to begin the disciple-making process with. And, and so... I want to challenge you to do that this morning. And, and to process that, 
I'm actually going to invite you to spend some time in prayer, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up because we're going to sing a song after that. But, but in this prayer time, I'm going to start us off in prayer, and then uh, I'm going to go quiet because I'm going to give you the opportunity to um, be stretched in your prayer time, to actually say to God, um, God, I want you to work in me to not only be a disciple, but to be a disciple maker and engage in this process. So if you would, bow your heads. And then when I give you the opportunity to pray, go ahead and pour out your heart to God. Father, we thank you that you have called each of us to your son, Jesus Christ, that we've received the gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus. We've become disciples. And now, Lord, we want to lean into this fact that you call us all to be a part of the discipleship process in your kingdom. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring to mind people that we can share the good news of Jesus with, bring to mind people that we can lean into and invite into a disciple-making process with them, discipleship, and that you would bring them to mind. And so, Lord, in our quiet time, speak to us and hear our prayers about where we need to be stretched in discipleship. Lord, we thank you for the promise that you've authorized us to be your disciple makers. And you've promised us that you will never leave us, but that you'll always be with us in life and in the process of making disciples. So help us to step forward into that and be the followers, the men and the women that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.